Take out your Bibles, your apps. I want you to follow me. I want you to take notes today because I want to teach you something very important. We began, not, it's not a series, uh, but we began a message last week. How many remember last week's message? Talk to me. What was it called? Atmosphere. Ah. Atmosphere. Ah, 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 shifting the atmosphere. So I want you to take note. Listen, I haven't done it in a while, but it was always our custom. This church, we are a church that we are not just hearers of the word of God. But as the book of James says, it is not enough to just hear, but we must be doers of the word of God. We must be like, like the Berean church in the book of Acts that... They not only heard the word, but they went back to study the word. And that is why the word of God many times cannot take effect in your heart and in your mind. Because you hear it and you, and you, and you felt good listening to it, but you didn't process the word. You didn't engage the word. You, you didn't meditate upon it. So the Lord was, was, was emphasizing this to me in prayer, that this church needs to go back to what, what was our practice before, which was taking out notebooks tablets ipads phones to go on the note section all uh, right your phone for the note section all right don't be oh, this notification real quick let me no 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 this is to to take good notes what i encourage you to do is to have an ongoing note all right for those who are truly saved and have iphones Look at this. Look at that. Say, all the others are looking at me like, Pastor, now I know good and well. I'm saved. <laughs> but you all have, everybody in their phone has some sort of note tab or something to take notes. Yes or no? Yes, right? So have an ongoing note. Sunday's Hope Center. And then you can write the date. You take the notes of the date. You go back the next week to the same occurring note. And you, and you just put dashes there. And you keep taking notes, notes, notes. Then when you need to refer back to the word. When you're in prayer, you can refer back. You go to that note section and you can review and read and study for yourself. So I want you to be a, a church that is, is a doers of the word of God. So I want you to prepare yourself for this. Last week, we, we began to teach on shifting the atmosphere. All right. And today we're going to continue in that same flow. We're going to continue in shifting the atmosphere. Why is shifting the atmosphere so critical? Because the Lord has called us to be salt and light on the earth. Are you here? Okay, I only have three. Are you here? Okay. The Lord has called us to be salt and light. What good is light if you place it under a bed or, or hide it? The light cannot be seen. What good is salt if it is not used? When, if, if, if you need flavor, you need to... You salt if you if you need to decompose what is cold during the winter time. One of my sons here, he plows snow, and so he knows that they need a form of salt because it's able to decompose hardened things. Uh, so salt is a is a is a is a is something that shifts and changes material. It can give flavor, light. Obviously, if the room is dark and then you turn on the light, what does it do? It changes the atmosphere. There's nothing worse than trying to get ready in the dark. Somebody, 
Do I have a witness? Your socks mismatching. <laughs> your, tie, your tie is hanging to the left. Because you try to get ready in the dark. For those that have children, you know, sometimes we're getting ready. Especially the little ones. You're trying to get ready in the dark and you're not trying to make noise. And how many times has it happened to you? You're looking for something in a room that is still dark. So I knew I left it here. You. And you can... Oh, I, wish I, I wish you were still here. And you can leave a room thinking that you lost something. But if you were to just turn on the light, you would see that what you were looking for was there all along. Jesus said about you, you are salt and you are light. What does that mean? When you walk into a place, you are not there to simply conform to status quo. As the Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Whenever you step even to this room here at the BWI Airport Marriott, you, you've, got to, you've got to understand the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. That when you come into a place that you feel is heavy, when you come into a place that is dark, but you understand the power of the Holy Spirit that is working inside you. You would know that you are not there to simply add to the darkness. But you are there to shift the atmosphere. When you understand this, it's a very powerful principle. Because you understand that you are not like a thermometer, but you are a thermostat. A thermometer does what? It reads the temperature of a room. When you look at a thermometer, it's able to tell you it is so and so Celsius. It is so and so Fahrenheit. But see, a thermostat has a, oh, has a component, has a mechanism within that is connected to a centralized apparatus. I wish I had somebody. And when, see, if you were to turn a touch a, a thermometer it's cold you want it to get warm and there you are with a thermometer nothing will happen but when you go to a thermostat it has a mechanism inside if it is cold to shift it and make it warm if it is warm it has a mechanism to bring the temperature a little lower so it can feel good like right now there's like the cold anointing in here you know <laughs> this thing did we did we regulate this it's good are you good okay because if not I'll shift the atmosphere what, are, what do I want you to understand the Holy Spirit inside of you has placed a mechanism his power inside of you that when you walk into a place when you walk into your home if there is conflict if there is strife if there is worry if there is if there is panic because because you know what you carry inside of you when you see worry you say let me use the mechanism I got let me lift up some worship right now instead of panicking let me use the mechanism inside of me the power of the Holy Spirit and instead of panicking let me give a little praise
see, there is so much power in praise. That it will literally, oh, I wish you understood this. I'm going to help you though. The power of praise. The reason why it, the power of praise. Really begins to take shape in our life. When we know how to use it like a weapon. See. In the Old Testament, in ancient days, can I flow? I feel like I have notes, but I feel like I'm going here, there, everywhere. Is it all right if I take the scenic route today? Okay. In the old days, when the children or when the tribes of Israel will go into battle, before all of the other tribes, there was a tribe called Judah. Judah was always front line in the battle. But did you not know that Judah meant praise? So, even in a literal battle, they knew to put praise before anything else. Because if I have praise going ahead, I know we can defeat this battle. Like when Moses was on the mountain, as long as he could lift up his hand, Joshua was able to conquer. As soon as he put his hand down, he would not be able to prevail. But there's something powerful about when you know to lift up your hand and give God a praise in the midst of a battle because it gives you the victory. What does praise do? It's not that when you praise, it automatically grants you something you did not have. What praise does is it, it, it puts the victory in front of you. Amen. It intensifies the victory that you already had. So instead of you fixing your focus on the mountain or the hindrance or the limitation. See, that's what worry does. As long as you are worrying, you are running on an emotional treadmill. You are running, 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 but you are getting nowhere. And as long as you are running on that worry, then the mountain, the burden, the weight, it amplifies and it magnifies in your eyes. Let me teach. A magnifying lens is an apparatus or a mechanism that you use to enlarge something in your sight. So when you use a magnifying lens, how many of you wear glasses? I see some of you wearing your glasses. So watch this. When you put on your glasses, it's not that you make the object bigger. It's not that you make the object bigger. What the glasses or the lens does is it magnifies it or makes it larger in your sight. When you worry, it is literally the opposite of worship. <laughs> so while you are worrying and looking at the mountain and looking at the burden and looking at the issue, you are magnifying it in your sight. Watch this. Jesus said, how can you add a day of your life by worrying? He said, can any you, you have, have you ever really believed that worrying was going to solve the issue? You know, some of us believe it. Like if I just worry, 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 worry. Somehow. So what it does is when we are on that trip and we are just worrying, what it does is we are magnifying. The issue is not as big as you think. You have made it bigger in your sight. I feel like I'm teaching good here. Watch this. So worship is the opposite of worry. Now I understand 
why the psalmist David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Because when you praise and when you worship, you are not making God bigger than what he already is. Can I talk about him for a little while? The God that I serve is creator. The, the God that I serve is alpha and he is omega. Before I step in tomorrow, his legs are already there. Before... Before I get into next month, his hand is his hand is already there. I wish I had somebody. But before I step into 2022, I know that he's already laid it out for. He is creator. He is Alpha and Omega. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Sikhanu. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. He is my comforter. He is my great deliverer. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So when I praise and worship that God, I'm not making him bigger than what he already is. I am making him bigger in my sight. So praise is a reminder to you. <laughs> Let me get into my notes because you don't want me to flow. No, you don't want me to flow. <laughs> so we began to talk about shifting the atmosphere. When you go into your workplace, when you go to your home, listen, even if you're the only believer, something has to shift in your family because of you. Two people of faith. I said something has to shift because of you. I prophesy to somebody in this house that because of your life, something has to shift in your family. I prophesy to somebody on this side that because of you, something has to shift in your family. I prophesy to the middle section, something has to shift because of you. Pastor, where is that in the Bible? I'll throw my Bible app and my Bible at you. The Bible, can we go Bible? The Bible declares that the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is now dwelling in, dwelling in your mortal bodies. So, even when you come to church, you know so many people come to gatherings like this where the glory of God is, the power of God is, not realizing that, 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 that they are thermostats. So they come like thermometers. They come, they come to a service like this, apathetic. Look, if you are brand new, we welcome you. I don't, I don't hold you accountable for things that you do not know. But there are people that have been... Ah, been serving God a long time and still don't know the posture that your heart and your mind should be in when entering the presence of God in the Old Testament before the priest could enter the most holy place he had to go through the outer gate 
because there was an atmosphere in the outer gate then after that he will have to go into the inner gate or the holy place and there was an atmosphere there and he will have to wash himself that's why the bible says sanctify them in your truth your word is truth wash them by your word so so he was preparing the priest an atmosphere in his heart cultivating an attitude of worship in his heart and in his mind cultivating an, an, an attitude of reverence to the lord before he stepped into the holy place so he went to the outer gate he went into the inner gate then he went to the holy holy there was a reason why God said put the showbread there put the ark of the covenant here use these colors and when you go into the holy holy wear this garment why? because it was an atmosphere yeah. Good. but pastor that was the old testament I'll take you to the new testament don't mess with me Jesus said and when you pray see Jesus didn't say if you pray huh? Even Jesus, even Jesus believes that you're going to pray. Some of y'all are like, I don't even believe in that myself. But look how much Jesus loves you, that he believes in you. He didn't say, but if you pray, he said, when you pray. When you pray, shut the door. Get by yourself and pray to your father in secret and what uh, what you pray in secret he will reward you publicly for close the door shut the door get in by yourself that sounds like an atmosphere to me and when Jesus went to pray he dismissed his disciples See, when you're getting in the presence of God, you can't have all that chatter around you. See, when you need to connect to God and grow in your faith, you got you to gotta close the door behind you on the, on the doubters and the naysayers. You got you to gotta close your ears to, to those that don't have any faith. See, for too long, you've been talking to people that don't have faith, baby. For too long, you've been having conversations with people that are not building your spirit, that are not praying with you, but they're praying against you. We got we to gotta get to a place where we close the door on the doubt, the fear, the limitation, the stagnation, and say, God, here I am. Atmospheres. So one of the things that... Uh, time. One of the things that will prevent you from cultivating an atmosphere conducive for the glory and the presence of God see here's what I need you to understand the omnipresence of God is everywhere that's why I used this analogy before and you know it's the truth you have felt God in the most suspect of places oh y'all don't want to keep it real you remember that one night with what's the name with so-and-so, with whatchamacallit. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you, the Holy Spirit, oh! And you're like, here, Lord, no! And you, and you got to talk to, give me, give me a minute. <laughs> Lord, is this what I took? 
because the omnipresence of God is everywhere but why is it that you after you you can feel a moment in his presence you go back to what you went there for because though you experience his omnipresence you did not surrender to his manifested presence I'm catching this so it is important for you to cultivate atmosphere not only in the exterior and evaluate who's around you and the conversations you're having and what you're talking about because because if it's not building if it's not strengthening it's not fortifying me then i gotta reevaluate some things but not only do you begin by changing some things in, externally it begins with the attitude of your heart and your mind see the atmosphere begins here not literally here i'm just figuratively saying inside see I don't wait to come to church to have church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. When I get in my car, I say, I'm in the outer gate right now. When I get in the parking lot, I say, oh, here we go. I'm in the inner gate right now. And oh my God. And when I get in the room, I say I step into the holy of holies. My God, here I am. Can somebody give God a shout of praise for ten? Come on, shift the atmosphere. Give God a shout. Hallelujah. See, I realize that I'm not a thermometer. So before I even get in the room, I'm shifting the atmosphere from home. I'm in my prayer time in secret with him, praying some things you don't have to worry about. But let's just say many a times I'm here before I'm here. So I'm praying and I'm already shifting the atmosphere from where I am because in the realm of the spirit there is no time distance or barrier so you can pray today and see results of prayer next week in two weeks in a month you can see it same day because in God there is no time distance or barrier he is outside of that he is outside of the three dimension that most people live by. See, most people live according to the three dimension they see. High diff, uh, depth and width. High depth and width. Three dimension. What they see with their physical eyes. But for those that understand the power of the Holy Spirit working within them, know that we, we live not based on the 3D. We live based on 4D. There is an entire world the world of the spirit that is real if not more real than this 3d material world that we live in and oh and if you live your life according to what you see with physical eyes you will be deceived <laughs> if you live by what the boss or the supervisor said you'll be finished If you live your life according to what CNN says, you're finished. If you live based on what the doctor told you, you're finished.
because as soon as they read the report they say listen 15 days most people yield and surrender in that moment and they magnify the report that is in front of their 3d physical eyes but what I want you to understand is that as for Hope Center let us be a people that go on to spiritual things let us be a people that mature in the things of God that when we hear the report of man you say oh you said that I got you let, let, let me come back in a minute let me my father in heaven what is what do you have to say about this And then when you get the answer there, you come back into the 3D and say, I got the answer. I feel the presence of God. You don't know how many days, many of days, my, my wife would tell me, uh, love, uh, somebody just called me and this happened and the other happened. Babe, this is going on. And I'm like, I'll be right back. There have been many a days where I say, I'll see you tomorrow. See somebody? And she said, go right ahead. You know why? Because I'm going to the secret place. I'm going to the place where I know I'm going to find real solution. I'm going to the place where I know I'm going to get the answer. When you know his power, you know that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know that the Bible said he will not withhold any good thing from you. You know that you are his child. You know that you are beloved. You know that you are called. And if God has called you, it doesn't matter who rise against you. If you know God is for you, you know to get in his presence. Hey. She would say, this is going on. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. Because I know what I got to do. <laughs> I get into the room. And I begin to shift. The atmosphere. Oh, there's some arrows that are being sent this way. We going to get in the secret place. I know how to... I know how to fight this thing. Oh, there's some attacks coming. I know how to fight this one, baby. We're going to go to the secret place. Oh, my family acting a fool. I know how to fight this one. Oh, my boss acting a fool. I know how to... So, the, the, uh, I don't have time. I didn't even get in one point today. So... The key to shifting the atmosphere, cultivating an attitude of presence, is you must eliminate distraction. There are three things that will always prevent you from shifting atmospheres. Number one is distraction. Number two is dishonor. Number one is distraction. Number two is dishonor. Number three is disbelief. Whenever those three things are working, even one of those things, it will, it will prevent and limit you from seeing the truth of the word of God, from 
cultivating an attitude of presence from knowing how to shift the atmosphere number one distraction we said last week that the key to concentration is what okay let's do it again the key to concentration is elimination so as long as there is clutter and mess around you you will not be able to focus and have that time with the Lord as long as you are getting in his presence and you are seeing 500 notifications on your phone 300 emails and then as, you, as soon as you get into prayer then you're looking at your phone and you, be, you get distracted it will hinder you from cultivating time in his presence when you get in his presence the first thing you think about is I, I didn't do this today I need to do this too and you're running through all the tasks it will prevent you from cultivating an atmosphere from cultivating a, a mindset of presence so we talked about that last week oh my god okay let's just read the scriptures so that the online viewers said they haven't read the bible the same bible I've read I've given you 30 scriptures go to Matthew go to Matthew chapter 13 are you receiving today watch this Matthew chapter 13 verse 53 it says are you there when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his hometown. He began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. They were in awe of God when he was teaching. But then they went on to say, listen, this thing, you're talking about shift in atmosphere? This thing shifted from zero to 100 real quick. It said, they were amazed. And then, it, and then they said, where did he get this wisdom from? So they went from a place of faith to now entering a place of doubt. They were amazed. And then, and then real quick, the mindset shifted. Where did this man get this wisdom from? And these miraculous powers they asked. Let's go to the next verse. Isn't this, see here's now we're talking about doubt. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name? Isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown and in his own home. Leave the scripture there. Watch this. Disbelief doesn't just show up like this from one day to another. Disbelief actually begins as something called apathy. 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 Apathy is a lack of interest, a lack of enthusiasm, a lack of connection. I'm going somewhere. Apathy is a lack of interest, connection. You're disconnected, you're uninterested. What apathy breeds is doubt. And what doubt breeds is disbelief belief so before somebody says I don't believe in anything they didn't start that way they first begin saying ah, they start doubting first doubting doesn't mean you disbelieve doubting is you begin to question 
Not seeking answer, but really just beginning to doubt whatever it is that you're doubting. But doubt didn't just show up like that. It began as apathy. You lacked interest. What if I told you that there are people that come to church every Sunday and they come apathetic? In other words, the presence, the concentrated, manifested presence of God is here. And we will encourage you to sing. We will encourage you to praise. We will encourage you to pray. But your apathy and see the enemy will use that and say and have you believe it's just that I don't express myself that way. That's what you say. Someone say devil is a liar because watch this the same person that is apathetic in a service if you place him at a ball game you look at them for their favorite sports team and you'll be like I thought you didn't express yourself this way is you fell into the trap of apathy and what apathy does it, it, it breeds doubt because there, as long as you are not connected, you are not interested, you are disengaged, the enemy comes with thoughts to cause doubt in your mind. This is not real. God doesn't love you. The miracle is not going to happen. Doubt. And then you actually begin to question it. See, when, oh, I don't have time. Whenever there is the presence of doubt, you know that Satan is in the room. Whenever there is a presence of doubt, you know that that is demonic presence. Why? In the garden, when the serpent showed up to Eve, the first thing that the serpent did, the devil, masked and using the form of a, of a serpent, said, did God really say that? Doubt. Whenever doubt is in your mind, you know what's behind it. I'm telling you. When Jesus was in the wilderness, he was fasting for 40 days. The devil came to tempt him. <laughs> the first thing he said is, if you are the son of God, convert these stones into bread. Even while Jesus was fasting, there was demonic presence attempting to cause doubt. Is anybody catching this? But because boy, if you missed it, you, you dismissed this. But doubt doesn't show up like this. It first begins as apathy. Eve was wandering outside of recovery. And then doubt came. Because as long as you're uncovered, as long as you give a room to the enemy, see, you don't have to open the door for, for the satanic kingdom to come run, run amok. No, no. As long as you slightly open that door, you give enough space for the enemy to break in and cause doubt. And that doubt will cause disbelief. So, how do we counter what we see here? Because we see dishonor. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. So immediately we saw, this, we saw dishonor because of a lack of faith. And we also saw disbelief they lacked faith disbelief and also they dishonor why because he said a prophet is without honor he said I'm not receiving the honor 
So not only does distraction interfere, but dishonor and disbelief. How do we counter it? Come back next week. You see what I did there? He's going to speak about it at kingdom. No, I'm not. <laughs> Faith. We come to knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. You were not there when the Lord Jesus was nailed to a cross. You were not there with Mary when she went to the tomb and the angel said, he is not here. He is risen. You were not there. You were there. So why do you serve him? Because even though you weren't physically there, spiritually, there is, a, there is something in your heart and in your mind that has made a choice to believe. I wasn't there, but I know it in my heart. And people will call you, hey, everybody has that. They'll call you crazy. They'll, they'll, they'll mock you. They'll, they'll, they'll say whatever. They're, but there's, when you have been rooted in your faith, it don't matter what anybody say. They said, oh, I feel this thing. They said in 2020, the church is going down. And I said, this is the time for the church to go up. Because Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. See, I live by faith and not by sight. Is there anybody that knows and believes that he is God? Look at your neighbor and say, it's faith. No, no, shout at them and say, faith. How do you counter dishonor? How do you counter disbelief? By faith. Faith is not an emotion. Faith is a choice. I choose to believe the word of God. I'm not... I'm not feeling good today. I choose to worship God. I'm not feeling it today. But yeah, I choose. Though he slay me, yet will I trust. That's faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the one that comes to him must know that he is. And that he exists. So how do we counter disbelief? How do we discounter dishonor? By faith. But next week, I'm going to teach you how words are connected to faith. So, okay, faith, it's faith, it's faith. I got it, I got it, I got it. What do I do in my faith? You exercise the power of life and death that is in your tongue. This faith thing is not just meant to stay here. This faith thing is meant to... How do people come to faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus if someone does not preach to them? Are you catching it? How do I, how do I arise in a spirit of faith in the condition that I'm in? Speaking into the atmosphere. That sounds too simple, Pastor. There had to be something deeper. No, that's it. You just missed it. <laughs> See, these matters of spirituality, they're actually 
They're not complex, they're simple. But most people find simple things to be difficult. You, okay, let me break down the power of words. Okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if you were to believe in your heart and confess with your the power of a confession will literally determine whether you are in heaven or in hell. A confession. Words. Don't miss this. When somebody goes to a court or if I marry them, because, you know, there's many more coming to this church. My single, my single people. I'm prophesying to you already. See, that's why they single. I said that and then they just... And they told, I'm still waiting on the Lord. You just missed it. Watch this. Watch this. When I marry someone, or they go to a court, the... What determines if they are legally married is two words. I... That's called the power of confession. So how do I release faith into the atmosphere? It's your confession. So when you are bound, you will stay bound if you allow the enemy to shut your mouth. Why are we a church that talks? We talk, right? I preach, he say amen. I receive why because you are connecting faith to the word no no this is this is not the this is not first let me not go there this is not this is not the the, 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 the dead and frozen church no 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 see in this church you're not going to stay bound you're going to get free I know what they told you at so and so first whatever and what you might call it that 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 you can't get free from that demon that you can't get free from that addiction i know what they told you but i'm i'm telling you from the word of the lord he who the son sets free is free indeed